thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Inspired Optimist with your host, Dr. Jacinta DiPrinzio, inspiring you to create a life that is healthy, bright, and full of light. Hi guys, Jacinta here, and in case you haven't heard, it is Spinal Health Week. So to celebrate, I'm gifting complimentary spinal health checks to all listeners. So if you would like to make a booking for you and or a loved one, make sure you shoot me a message on Facebook or you can email me at jacinta at theinspiredoptimist.com. It's now time for today's episode. Listen up as I discuss the six principles of health that I believe are the secret for disease prevention and longevity. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another recording of the Inspired Optimist podcast. I'm your host Jacinta and I'm so grateful that you've joined me today. I am on my lonesome so it's just me, the mic and you. I hope you have a great time because I know I'm going to. Now today I'm talking about a topic, the six principles of health. So the reason I decided to do this topic today and record by myself is because I've had a lot of clients, I feel like I've been having the same conversation with my clients over and over again lately in the sense that I continuously feel like I have to re-empower them to take control of their own health again and realize they actually are in control of their genetics. They are in control of whether or not they will get a disease down the track and they are in control of their symptoms and their general vitality and well-being. Now, if you look at the word health, the word health actually contains the word heal. So H-E-A-L, health. Yep. And what I truly believe is that our body's ability for health is equal to our body's ability to heal. So what you have to understand is that every seven years, every single cell has turned over in your body. So you are a completely different person to what you were at seven years ago. You've been reborn, essentially. Every 120 days, your blood turns over. Every few months, your liver turns over. Every couple of years, your lungs turn over. So... It's really what we do today that helps us set up the framework for our diagnosis or preferably not a diagnosis in the future and our vitality and well-being in the future. Now, I have hear all the time people say, well, I'm actually healthy. I feel pretty good. There's nothing wrong with me. And what they're really saying is I don't have a symptom. And by the time a symptom comes, often it's too late. Often we've let things go so bad that our body is screaming at us to do something different. And just because you don't have a symptom doesn't necessarily equal health. And the health World Health Organization actually agrees with that. And they state that health is physical, chemical, and emotional well-being and not just the absence of a disease or affirmity. And when you look at the word disease and break it down, it's actually dis-ease. It's the body out of balance. So if we can get our body into balance, we can prevent disease. And I truly believe that we can reverse disease as well um, if we follow these principles well and look after ourselves. So what I've got today is six principles of health that I believe that if are followed well, should equal health. 
should equal your body's ability to regenerate healthy cells in seven years time so that you can have a brand new functioning body um, in the future. And if you break them down, we've got air, sun, nutrition, water, mindset, and movement. Now, I know that they sound pretty basic. However, there is a lot to each of these components. So we're going to get into them now. So the first one being air. Yes, of course, we have to breathe. If you don't breathe, if everyone holds their breath for a few minutes, you probably pass out and die, right? It's pretty obvious we need air to survive. However, the quality of our air and the the way that we breathe actually will influence our overall longevity. If you think about oxygen breathing in, we take in air through our lungs and that oxygen will actually cross the lung membrane into the bloodstream. And then the blood carries that oxygen to our cells and our cells then use that oxygen to set about their metabolic function. The waste product of that metabolic function of your cells is actually carbon dioxide. The blood then comes um, through again. The carbon dioxide is then transported back to the lungs and we breathe it out. So if you think about breathing, you inhale and you exhale, it's actually your body detoxifying and helping to eliminate waste and bring in nutrition for the cells. So nutrition doesn't just have to be food. It can actually, you can nourish your body with air, would you believe? But what I find is that we have forgotten how to breathe. What I want you to do right now is wherever you are, whether or not you're in the car or you know sitting at home, I want you to go ahead and take a deep breath for me and then let it out. Now, I want you to notice what happened to your shoulders. If your shoulders rose up and you breathed into your chest, you are stressed breathing. You have forgotten how to breathe. If your, if your belly actually got fat when you breathed in, then you're doing it right. So that's called diaphragmatic breathing. When we inhale, our diaphragm should drop down. So it should increase the pressure in our stomach. And then our stomach should actually expand first. And then our lungs should fill up from bottom to top. As we exhale, our lungs should deflate from then top to bottom. If you're stressed breathing, then you're not using your full capacity of your lungs and you're not getting the full capacity of nutrition into your body either. What breathing actually does as well is it activates the parasympathetic nervous system. And the parasympathetic nervous system is what helps our body go into rest and digest and repair. So anytime that you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed, the breath can help you get out of that as well. Really important too to remember that if you're stressed and you're about to have a meal, if you want to get into that good rest and digest so that you can digest that meal and get all the good nutrition out of it, it might be worth just calming down and doing some deep breathing so that you can get into that parasympathetic nervous system of repair. Now, as far as some action steps go for your day-to-day, what this might look like daily for you is simply doing that diaphragmatic breathing, that breathing into your tummy Breathing in for seven seconds, holding up the top for seven, 
breathing out for seven seconds and then holding at the bottom for seven and doing that multiple times throughout the day. So it might be that you think about it every time you're at a traffic light or you might be thinking about it when you're cooking your food, whatever it might be, but having that habit to actually tune in and remember to breathe. Another great way to get really beautiful oxygen into your house is to actually have plants as well. So plants are doing exactly the same as what our lungs do except opposite. So they're taking in carbon dioxide and using that nutrition for them to grow and they are then giving us our nutrition so we can actually live in symbiosis together with our plants. Isn't that amazing? So remembering to breathe every single day. The second principle of health is sunlight. Now, there's a lot of fear when it comes to the sun, skin cancers, etc. at the moment. But what we're really robbing our body of is such a crucial vitamin that is needed, vitamin D that is needed for so many things in our body. Yes, you can supplement vitamin D, but it's never, ever the same as sunlight. What we get with that vitamin D from the sun is it's very, very great for our bone density. Now, our, the vitamin D actually helps calcium to be absorbed in our bones. So that's why it's really, really important to get out into the sun. The direct sunlight into our eyes will ha- actually help our sleep-wake cycle as well because it will help produce this um, melatonin in our brain, which regulates that cycle. So that's going to help you get a get to sleep, uh, but not only that, stay asleep and wake feeling rested because if you're not waking feeling rested, then you haven't actually gotten the most out of your sleep. It also will help your mood. So there is actually vitamin D receptors in the brain that affect proteins and that will affect the way your your brain reacts um, in certain instances with your mood. All right. So Vitamin D receptors in the brain, um, really, really important to, to be getting that in through direct sunlight. And if you think about sunlight, it's actually energy, right? So you think about a plant that only has sunlight, um, sunlight, water, and what else does it have? Sunlight, water, and air, right? And carbon dioxide to grow. Those three things grows a whole plant it uses nothing else then we if we eat plants we're getting that that sunlight nutrition that energy from the sun that those plants use through photosynthesis but we can also get it through direct sunlight exposure ourselves so what i would recommend is obviously be smart about it if you if it's a blistering hot day then i wouldn't suggest getting out for hours on end in the sun if you haven't actually worked up a tan, okay? Because that burning, it is no good. On on this note, however, some good news is that um, I actually found out the other day that the ozone layer has replenished itself. So using the excuse of that Australian sun, um, we don't have the ozone, so our sun is is stronger we don't need to use that anymore. So we can actually be safe and not be scared about the fact that we can get out into the sun and get those good benefits. So every day for about 20 minutes to half hour, getting some good sunlight in your body with no sunglasses on and expose as much skin as possible. So if that means you have to sunbag naked in your backyard, do so if you have that option. Um, But for me, 
because I have a neighbor that always sticks his head over the fence, um, I just have to do that by going for a walk in, say, T-shirts and, a sh- and shorts um, every day. So good sunlight. Number three is nutrition. And when, when I say nutrition, I do mean food nutrition. If you look at the word nutrition and you break it down, it actually means in Latin to nourish. Now, lots of the foods that we eat do not nourish our body. They do not give life. Instead, they take away life. So remember, every single cell is rejuvenating all the time and it's using that information, that intelligence from your foods, from your fruits, your vegetables, your legumes, etc., to help build those healthy cells and to help send those messages as to how those cells are going to replicate and grow. So we literally are what we eat. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be fast, cheap and easy. I want a body that is built nice and strong in the next seven years. So what we're putting in our mouth is so crucial when it comes to longevity. And if you look at the word food, by definition, the word food is actually a substance that is consumed to help maintain life and growth. Now, the Tim Tams, the chips, the Coca-Cola, do you really think these are foods? We can't actually call them foods by definition. Do you actually think these are substances that are going to maintain life or growth? Or do you think they're going to be some things that take away from life or growth? Another thing that's worth mentioning here is organics as well. So organic food, if you have the option to buy organic, I definitely urge you to. Um, as you might have heard on on another podcast I did with Damien Christoph when we we're talking all about poo, we did touch on organic food. And there is that argument that people give versus, you know, they say there's no difference between organic and non-organic because it has the same um, nutrients. It, there's studies to show that it has the same nutritional content. And that is true to some extent. However, the micronutrients are different. And not only that, but if you're buying non-organic, then you're actually eating Roundup. So Monsanto's Roundup, Roundup, weed killer, all over your foods. Now, what do you think that's doing to your body and your cells when we're eating weed killer? It's pretty disgusting. So go organic when you can. If you can't go organic, you know, make sure you're washing your foods properly. There's lots of even vegetable washers that you can buy at at great supermarkets um, that can help you do that as well. When we're looking at our food, it is really, really important. This is actually a topic that I am super passionate about um, because food can be our medicine. Food is actually fantastic for our medicine, our fruits and our vegetables. If you look at lemons, they really help to regulate the acid balance in our stomach. Now, I have lots of people who say to me, oh my gosh, I'm on antacids because of all this reflux all the time. And I say to them, "Uh, put a squeeze of lemon in your water and see how you feel. And nine times out of 10, it it actually minimizes, if not completely eradicates their Uh, reflux and you think of these people that have been taking medications day after day after day after day for years on end and they could have used lemons much cheaper and much better for you grapefruit 
actually lowers blood pressure. Now, if you look on your great um on your grapefruit, if you look on your blood pressure medications or you talk to your doctor, one of the things they recommend not to eat when you have um blood pressure medication is in fact grapefruit. And that is because it does the same thing as uh, a tablet that lowers your blood pressure, would you believe? And then there's this whole field of the doctrine of signatures, which basically means that there's a lot of foods out there that look exactly what they're good for, look like exactly what they're good for. So for example, it's pretty amazing, but carrots, if you cut a carrot in half um, and look at it front on, it actually looks like an iris. It looks like an eye. And carrots have been proven to be really fantastic for the eyes. If you get a tomato and you cut a tomato in half, it actually looks like the chambers of the heart. And and tomatoes are fantastic at removing plaque from the heart. The uh, The sweet potatoes are fantastic for your pancreas. And then the avocado, if you cut an avocado in half and you look at it, it actually looks like um, avocados are fantastic for pregnant women and it looks like, you know, a pregnant belly and a embryo in a woman's stomach. Now, the amazing thing about avocados is that they um, take eight months to ripen. So there's pretty amazing things when we start listening to nature and listening to food and tuning in to these amazing gifts that have been put on our earth and realize that Mother Nature wants us to be healthy. And if we listen to Mother Nature and if we eat her beautiful gifts of foods, then a lot of the time we can eliminate and eradicate these things that, um, for lack of a better word, we have been plagued with in our current society Uh, at the moment if you think about food as well the better we eat the the better we want to eat so I like anyone I ebb and flow and my absolute vice is chocolate I am I have forever been the biggest chocolate feed ever Um, I absolutely love it but I know the more chocolate I eat especially if it's one that isn't you know a raw chocolate the more I want and then I get into this cycle and my it affects my mind, it affects my body, it affects my cravings. Um, you know, sugar is actually proven to be just as addictive, if not more, as cocaine, would you believe? So when we're flooding our bodies with unintelligent food like chocolates, Tim Tams, Cokes, chips, burgers, etc. foods that have had a huge shelf life that are basically so unintelligent now that they have no good information to feed ourselves with. We get dumber as well. And what I noticed is when I started to again, clean up my diet as it ebbs and flows, um, got back to eating more raw foods, juicing, etc. that I had this amazing clarity of mind and I didn't want those processed sugars anymore um, because my body was giving me correct signals. So in terms of action steps when it comes to your food, it can be really, really confusing because there's a lot of different information out there, you know, paleo diets, raw, vegan, um, intermittent fasting, all these different, all these different things. But I think that you can't really go wrong if number one, foods aren't in a packet. So they're actually, you know, 
look like they did when they were first created. And if they are in a packet that you can read all the ingredients on there, because if you can't read the ingredients and there's big long words, then that by definition, that substance that you're about to put in your body isn't food. Because remember, food is a substance that maintains life and growth. And I'll bet your bottom dollar that chemical poisons that are put in our food do not maintain life and growth. They take away from life and growth. So make sure you're reading everything you're putting in your mouth. Even better if they don't come in a packet anyway and if they expire quickly and deteriorate because that means that food is actually alive. Preparing your own food is also a great way to um, stop yourself from pre-preparing, I should say, pre-preparing food. Stop yourself from grabbing um, the quick takeaways after work um, because if we have our food prepared already, we're much more likely to make a good food choice because we're not acting on instinct and hunger. And then, of course, buying organic as best possible because you don't want to be putting um, those yucky weed killers um, on your food and then into your body either. This episode of the Inspired Optimist podcast will continue very soon. If you're enjoying this episode and think that one of your loved ones would benefit from this information, make sure you share it with them and, of course, give me a five-star rating on iTunes. It's now time for the rest of the show. Listen up as I discuss the principles of health that you can start implementing into your life today. Okay, moving right along. So the fourth principle of health that I think is very, very crucial is water. Now, yes, I know that you know that we should be drinking more water and and need water um, to survive. It's common sense, right? However, what you might not know is that water actually has its own vibrational frequency and can actually help to nourish every single cell in your body. So the work of Dr. Emoto, who's a Japanese um, researcher, has a book called Messages in Water. And what he did is he, over many, many years, um, repeated over and over and over again, did studies on bodies of water in the sense that there was a big lake that was completely rancid and he got a large group of people um, to actually bless it, say a prayer, say some nice words, and then looked at their molecular structure before and after those positive affirmations and positive words. And the structure of the water molecule under microscopes turned to one that looked disjointed and broken apart and rancid and changed into these beautiful, almost snowflake like molecules. And then he repeated this over and over and over and over again with um, different, say, music, because music has different vibrational frequencies, and then repeated over and over again with words like, I love you, words like, I hate you. And the, and the water that had the words, I love you in it, were these beautiful structures. And then the water where people were creating that negative energy around around it, these structures were disgusting, rancid molecules. And what was I found the most interesting is then he had a 
say for example, a glass of the love water, which were these beautiful, beautiful snowflake structures, and then poured some of the hate water into that glass and watched actually under microscope in real time the molecular structure change of that beautiful snowflake structure. And why is this, do you think, important for when we're talking about our bodies and our health? Well, we all know that we're about 70% water. So what do you think it's doing to ourselves if we are talking negatively about ourselves or hanging around negative people to our molecular structure? It's huge. And the brain itself is about 70 to 80% water, would you believe? So it's completely enveloped in water. And our brain will use up that water when it's under stress a lot. So what you might find is if you're quite stressed out or busy or I know that when I was studying, I was thirsty all the time because our brain is continuously uh, using that water to function. So water is one that's very overlooked and I think very, very important. What you have to be careful of, however, is water out of our taps, for example, have a lot of nasties in it. So it has lots of chlorine, fluoride, which is a proven neurotoxin. And if you want to learn all about, if you're unsure and want to learn all about fluoride in our water systems and fluoridation, go back a few podcasts and listen to Professor Paul Connett. I interviewed him all about fluoride. So that's pretty amazing. Water is actually from our taps. Um, if you if you if you test it, can find traces of oral contraceptive pill in it, would you believe, which is pretty disgusting, especially when you think about um, all the issues with infertility that is going on in our society at the moment and you're, we're wondering where these things are coming from when the oral contraceptive pill is in our waterways. Now, how do you think... It's, it's hard to believe that these things are even in, in our waterways in the first place. But what you have to understand is that the people can, you know, big pharmacology, big pharmacists, um, et cetera, can pay off the government to turn a blind eye to these things. And this is, um, you know, a whole conversation in itself, but definitely something to look into. So how can we be empowered when it comes to our water use? Well, I would recommend absolutely making sure that your water is filtered. Um, That can be, you know, preferably something that will eliminate even the heavy metals and the fluoride out of it. So that can be something like a reverse osmosis, a Kangen water system. Um, Even there's lots of different filters that you can get at the moment. I think it's an Alps filter, which will help take all the toxins out and remineral remineralize the rocks, remineralize the water with the rocks underneath. That's actually one that um, I use at the practice. And once a week, we have to wipe off all the crud from the top that has been filtered out. It's pretty disgusting to think that we would actually be drinking that um, if we didn't filter it out. Uh, Also, when you're talking about water, making sure that um, if possible, if you want to go this far, to even put little filters on our shower heads and that sort of thing because um, what I what I find is lots of people that come with eczema and that sort of thing will be reacting to the chlorine that's coming through 
the shower head. And if you think about how a nicotine patch works, it's actually popped on the skin and the skin absorbs it into the bloodstream, the nicotine, when you're wanting to quit smoking. So everything that gets in contact with our skin, our water, our products, et cetera, actually goes into the bloodstream. So it's really important to, if, if possible, even put a filter over the shower heads if need be. And uh, yeah, 22 per 22 kilograms of body weight per is, sorry, let me start that again because that was absolutely horrendous. You need one liter of water per 22 kilograms of body weight every single day. So usually for men, that looks like about four liters and for women, maybe two to three liters. Um, So just bearing that in mind that more than likely if you're, not getting that, then you're not really properly hydrating. Number five for the principles of health is one of my favorite topics, and that is mindset. So I did a whole event on mindset on, we called it emotional fatigue with Dr. Anthony Golay um, a few months back, which was amazing. And you would have heard me if you came to that, um, talk about something called thoughts creating things. So everything that you have in your life, you better bet your bottom dollar that it started out in some sense as a thought. So what I mean by that is we think something and then it often determines how we feel or it gives us some sort of emotion. And our emotions then usually dictate our tasks and then the sum of our tasks over a period of time sets up the framework for our whole life. So I'm sure plenty of you have been um, angry at one point of your life. And if you really pay attention to where that anger comes from, it's often because of the stories that we're saying about someone in our own head. We're saying, oh, I can't believe he did that. I can't believe she did this. And then we create, because of our thoughts, this emotion. And then that will determine how we react to different situations. You might be really angry and then go to... Uh, the supermarket and someone can maybe cut you off in the shopping aisle and you might get really annoyed at them. And so now your actions, you're doing things based on an emotion and a thought you had. And I'm sure we all know these people that are generally very grumpy um, time and time again and the lives that they lead are quite isolated. And it's all because it started out with a thought for them. So every single thing that you have in your life starts, I believe, with what's happening in between our ears. Now, our mind and what we think about actually has physiological effects in our body. And I went over this in depth in the a few podcasts back and emotional, the podcast on emotional fatigue. But what we spoke about is that a molecule of anger actually produces uh, stress chemicals just the same as if you were going to have other any other stressor in your life. And if you think about stress, lots of people think, oh, well, you know, I'm not stressed because I can sleep well, la, 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 or my job isn't stressful or whatever. But if we break down all the aspects of stress, that can be a stressful relationship when you don't, where you don't feel like you're being heard. It can be money situations. It can even be the foods we eat because that will impact the stress that is put under ourselves. Coffee as well, that's going to have the same effect. That's those same stress chemicals. Um, so picky poisons, 
And the words that we tell ourselves are really, really, really important because remember Dr. Emoto's work with those messages in water, what we're saying to ourselves actually creates our molecular molecular structure through ourselves so through our cells and through our bodies this is very evident um, with people with say for example thyroid issues now what i find quite commonly is thyroid issues happen much more frequently in women and it's often women who don't feel like they can speak up And if you think of thyroid, the thyroid sits in our throat and it has that emotional, energetic connection between between actually feeling like we can be heard and feeling like we can speak up. Autoimmune disease. Often these people might have thoughts that are self-destructive, thoughts of maybe self-sabotage. And autoimmune disease is actually literally a self-attack on your immune system. When I'm talking about breathing as well, going back to breathing, when people have a hard time inhaling versus exhaling, often I find that if it's harder on inhale, these people find it very hard to receive, receive compliments, receive help. If it's harder on exhale, these people you might often find have a hard time letting go. So I know for me that exhalation is a little harder because I definitely hold on to things more than I should. And this whole mindset realm actually falls, I believe, into another little subset of health, which is passion, doing things that light you up. Because if you're doing things that light you up, then it really helps to have healthy thoughts and um, create the life that you really, really deserve. So what can we do for our thoughts? Well, some action steps might be that we can say some positive affirmations um, every day. We can write it on our mirror. We can journal. Um, Another one is just being aware of the thoughts that we have. And if we have an emotion to think about what we're thinking about, Uh, avoiding toxic news and toxic people. So taking uh, away some screen time sometimes is a really, really good idea because there's, you know, they know that good bad news sells. And so that's what's all over the news and all over our news feeds and, and Facebook feeds as well. And then thank your body. So really thank your body for what it's doing for you and um, how amazing it is because the body doesn't make mistakes. And what we have to realize is any disease state that we have, it's actually our body in some way trying to protect us. So, for example, fat around the stomach often is a toxic overload. And if we continuously put things in our body that is toxic in forms of food or thoughts or people, then our body doesn't has to do something with that toxin so it does not kill us. And what our body is going to do is create a fat cell to envelope that toxin and protect us um, from that toxin. But then, especially as women, I find we berate ourselves and say, oh my God, my body is disgusting. My body is this, my body is that. Look how fat I am. When really we should be saying thank you. Thank you, body, for protecting me. Thank you for trying to keep me safe. And I'm sorry that I have been abusing you so much. But 
that's another probably another podcast and another side note. The last topic that I want to go over is movement. So there's a poster that we have up in the practice um, that is the evolution of man um, that I will go over in half and in a workshop called Half Hour to Health that I do here. And what that shows is the evolution of man. It's um, from a, it's a poster that has from a monkey staging through evolution to someone who's upright. And then the last photo is someone who's sitting back down at the desk. And it shows how we have evolved to be upright, but now because of our lifestyle, we are leaning over the desks all the time and creating this terrible posture in our bodies. Now, when, when we're talking about posture, that forward, if you're thinking about how you sit at your desk or looking down at our phone or driving or sitting at the table, generally it's the posture where our shoulders come forward and our head sticks out. This is actually a fight and flight posture because if you ever look at anyone who's in a fight or you get a fright, where does the shoulders go? They round forward and our head juts out forward as well. So our brain is hardwired to think that this posture is one of fear and fight or flight. So we're going to go into our sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight and flight nervous system, every single time that we have poor posture, would you believe? Not only that, but over time, that's going to flatten out the neck curve as well. And if if you can think about that neck curve, you know, having the spinal cord inside of there. And if you get, if you can just hallucinate with me for a little bit, if you get a banana in the skin and you decide to try and straighten out that banana, what do you think is happening to the fruit inside? It's getting all squashed and mushed up. Well, our spinal cords are inside our spine and our spine in through our neck is meant to be curved. If that gets straightened out, that puts a huge amount of pressure through the spinal cord and the spinal nerves that come out of our neck. Now, the spinal nerves that come out of our neck actually go to your brainstem. It affects, it goes to your ears, your eyes, your nose, your throat. So it won't be uncommon for people to come into the practice with these flattened necks growth when we, when we get an x-ray and for them to be complaining about things like headache, lack of sleep, irritability, fatigue. And I find a lot of the time when we start adjusting them, these things by themselves start to dissipate because that neck curve is being restored healthily again. So that's a little note on posture. So just making sure that um, you're not slumping down the seat, etc., but also making sure you're getting up and moving around as well because research is now showing that six hours of sitting a day is equivalent to the health effects of smoking. And the reason that is is because sitting actually shortens telomeres, which is sitting for too long, I should say, shortens telomeres and telomeres are parts of our DNA that actually predict our longevity and how long we're going to live. So if you want to live longer, you better get up and start walking. Walking is absolutely brilliant. And I would recommend walking for about, you know, 30 to at least an hour a day. Because if you look at a, if again, remember our body is about 70% water. If you look at a any body of water that is stagnant and not moving, what tends to happen? 
tends to get fungus and and mold and go rancid. Now, our body is being 70% water, it happens the same way. If we're not moving around, we're not helping the water in our body move, we're not helping um, our cells and the air move around our body and we're not helping for our longevity either. So what I would recommend when it comes to movement is to very simply every morning, you know, in your shorts and your t-shirt so you're getting that good sun sunshine, getting out and having a 40-minute walk. And you can even add on the end to that some good stretching because what happens when you hammer in a bent nail? It gets more bent. So if you're exercising on a body that has no mobility, then you're going to set yourself up for injury and you're not going to get the most out of your body. So that's it. That is the six principles of health um, for today, air, sun, nutrition, water, mindset, and movement. And if you get all these right, then I truly believe that the gift for all of that is the gift of sleep. So if all these match up, then you should be sleeping well. And I know that's a lot of information, but just start where you can. Whatever you can do from today, start putting it into, into your routines. Keep it consistent because it's what we do consistently for a period of time that makes a difference. And that period of time preferably should be your lifetime. So thank you so much for joining me today. Um, can't wait for you to tune in next week or next fortnight. I'm Dr. Jacinta from The Inspired Optimist. Have a beautiful day. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.